Welcome to the Dare to Scale show with me, Warsha. And me, Evan. So what is Dare to Scale? Over the years that we've been coaching founders and business owners, much like yourselves, we work through a framework called Dare to Scale. Dare to Scale, indeed. That framework has helped loads of business owners, and that is what this show is all about. So, put on your big picture thinking hat. Oh, and your headphones. And come join us and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to a brand new month. Hi, how are you going? This month is about the all-important cash or the finance side of your business. Absolutely. No cash, no go. So it's about having the cash in your business. And more particularly, it's about the velocity of cash through your business. Oh, very nice. So I want to play a scenario before we go into the topic at hand, Evan. Hmm. What's that? What happens in a typical business when the monthly books are closed? Okay, so you've done your sales, done everything, the accounts department come together and collate the information and close the books, produce a profit and loss, produce a balance sheet and, and possibly a cash flow statement. So you've got a snapshot of where you are. Yep. And as a very busy founder, what do you do? Oh. Show me the P&L. Oh, look, there's the profit number. Giddy up. We're in the black. We're good. Next. I know. That is the most common scenario. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a, it's like a normal let's say a proposal scenario as well. What does someone do when you send someone a proposal? Same thing, right? They flip it straight back to say what it's going to cost me. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens when someone looks at a profit and loss. You skip straight right to the end of the page mm-hmm. and to see what does a number look like and that's it. But what you find at the last line of the PNL is just a snapshot where your attention as a founder needs to really be is hidden within the line items of that P&L. Oh, totally. Individual profitability, you need to have a handle on that. If you have unprofitable lines, stop them. But if you're just looking at a profit number at the bottom, those sort of details are hidden. Yes, they are. Labor costs, where are you inefficient? What sunk costs do you have? What fixed costs? Those sort of things. If you don't have a handle on what those are, you might be in profit. But when there's something that comes along that disrupts your business, all of a sudden, it's not going to be profitable and you'll be caught unawares. Mm-hmm. So the, the methodology that we're going to go through today is called the cash conversion cycle. Totally. And just to frame that, let's consider you're a service business, you have a client and you've service, you've, you've got like somebody in your business looking after that client for a month. After a month, you'll pay them. At the end of the month, you'll bill your client. And if your client then takes 30 days to pay you, and you're still servicing them, you have payroll for two months before you've been paid for one month. So we're talking about that cash conversion cycle. You have inputs that you look at, and by the time you get the cash back out and into your bank account, you already have one month outstanding you know, of, of payroll. So you have money stuck in the system. Yep. So we're going to go through the cash conversion cycle today and also talk mm-hmm. about the, some of the cycles within the business where money is usually stuck. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's four key sort of areas that you look at yep. just to get your head around. Can I just share something? Mm-hmm. When you're taught finance, commerce, and business, in so many cases, you're taught how to do, like, get the results together, produce a, a profit and loss. And even in management accounting, you might delve into some of the numbers. And that there's always this, this notion of, you know, cash that the business is throwing off. All of those things are great. But very rarely are you taught about the full cash conversion cycle. That is true. The money going in at some point, 
whether it's wages, whether it's inventory, whether it's whatever it is, and how many days it takes for you to then make a sale, collect the money from the customer. And that's why we were saying if it's 60 days or more, you've got a problem. But if you can reduce that, that's a great thing. And that reminds me, Evan, of something that you say when you're mentoring some of your mm-hmm. mentees. Mm-hmm. When somebody looks at the last line of the piano, mm-hmm. or in just as you were saying, when you are taught about finance or in commerce, when mm-hmm. you are taught about what happens within the business, mm-hmm. that's only half the picture. Totally. The other half of the picture is when you actually go deeper to see what are those four cycles and how is cash flowing through them. Totally. So when people talk about cash flow, they're only talking about what is the cash available at hand and how to increase it. So the cash conversion cycle almost is a how-to tool. I think it is a how-to tool, definitely. And it just helps you focus on specific areas that need your attention, um, just so that you know that there's no hold-up or bottlenecks there. And the first one is the sales cycle. Okay. So you have sales and marketing people, whether it's marketing or sales or both. You might have online systems. You might have all sorts of things, but you have a pipeline. Mm-hmm. You're talking to your customers. There's effort involved there, mm-hmm. right? So can you shorten your sales cycle? Definitely. So that talk to your customers and pre-qualify them sooner. Get them on board and get to where you're working with them sooner. What's the second one, Osha? What's the second one? Well, if it's a product that you are as an actual physical product, so whether you are a trading in a product or you're actually manufacturing mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. product, so then yeah. it becomes a manufacturing mm-hmm. cycle. So it's a manufacturing cycle, which then becomes inventory because it's on hand. Exactly. So if it's a manufacturing cycle, it includes the inventory of your raw materials. Totally. If it's a trading business, then it includes your actual stock that you're holding that's sitting in your warehouse before Absolutely. it is sold and sent to the customers. Yes. So you have the logistics that go with it and how efficiently and all the rest of it, yeah. Which, which then leads nicely into the delivery cycle into itself. Into the delivery cycle. Oh, and oh, the delivery cycle is key in a service business. And the delivery cycle is also important in a service business, isn't it, Evan? Oh, totally. Now, you know, it's quite interesting. With a service business, depending on how you put that together, you can actually productize your business. So it's yep. a lot easier to work with, and it's a lot easier to understand the profitability of what you actually producing. And that brings me to something that I was going to address right in the end. Thank you for talking about this. Most service businesses think that we're selling a service, not a product. Mm -hmm. And almost an equal number of businesses today actually productize their service. Totally. It's not like a lawyer, for example, where you've got to go the entire month, get your timesheets together to work out who worked on what project or which client and that sort of stuff, put an invoice together and then bill. That's not exactly a service, although you might have retainer. That's why lawyers do that. They pre-fund some of their work. But the point there is they still have to work out who worked on what and work out their own internal efficiencies. So for common services, they might. So what you're talking about just now is a typical non-productized service delivery. Totally, totally. So I am talking, what I said earlier was, it doesn't matter whether you're selling an actual physical product or you're selling a service. If you productize your service, you're still selling a product. So designing and pricing that product, I know we're going into a slightly different curve over here, but the point of mentioning that, the point of addressing that is every time somebody sells a service, please think of it as you're selling a product. It doesn't always have to be a physical item that you're selling. Mm -hmm. Productize your service. Because you know what's included and all the rest of it. So it's just easier to address that as a product. Totally, totally. 
Okay, so you have the delivery cycle. And yes, as you mentioned earlier, if it's a physical product, you then have the logistics to worry about. Because remember, until such time that a customer takes a product in their hand and hands over cash. It's not over. It's not over. Mm -hmm. Even more so in a product, for example, which is sold through different channels, because the cash hasn't actually reached you as the actual business manufacturing it. Mm -hmm. That's true. So there are several layers that need to be looked at into this. Mm -hmm. So even within the delivery cycle, there is a sub-cycle involved in it. Totally. As recovering that cash. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the last one, which is the one most businesses focus on, is your billing and payment. Oh, the most important one, you mean? It is the most important, but that's the one that most of us are aware of. So when you're looking at the profit and loss... Yes. Oh, we've made a profit. Great. There's a certain amount of money outstanding. So you've done your billing, Mm -hmm. and now you're waiting for people to pay. Mm -hmm. So that's the one, because it's now in front of you, people now pay attention to it, forgetting that you have your delivery cycle your manufacturing cycle, and your sales cycle beforehand that all suck cash, and then you bill, and then you eventually receive cash back. So that cycle that we're talking about. Very nice. So what else can you talk about in the billing cycle, Evan? What can you tell our listeners? Well, there are several ways you can, you can shorten the payment, the, the time to get the money, and that's either through your terms or maybe credit cards, right? So if you're okay with a little percentage going away in the collection, you'll get your money sooner. Okay. So again, you shorten the the payment cycle. You might ask for quicker payment terms from a big supplier. You might bill in advance, for example. There's a whole bunch of little things that you can do to shorten the billing and payment cycle itself. Yeah. But if somebody is paying late, have a conversation with them. Understand their payment cycle. Understand if there's something that we could do better, that sort of thing. But you have a conversation with them because at the end of the day, a good relationship will generally get a quicker payment. What you said earlier, Evan, got me to put my coach's hat on just for a few seconds. Find out why, talk to your customers to see why there is a delay in payment. Led me straight into thinking, wow, that is a great way also of finding out what's happening within your customers' businesses, customers' industry, and the constraints in that industry. Mm -hmm. So not everybody delays payment by choice. Usually, there is a deeper reason for it. That's true. So this is a great way into getting to know who your customer is and what the customer's industry looks like. Completely, yeah. And if this is a, I know I digress just a little bit, bear with me, but this is a great way to seeing whether you have your customer, your own core customer identified right if this becomes a trend within that industry. Totally. And if that really is your customer, how can you service that customer better? Mm. And how do you amend your terms? Totally. I digress. So back to the point. No, you did. And it's actually important because if it's industry-wide, that's one thing to address. If it's not industry-wide and it's just your customer, that's a different symptom. It is. So, Washa, we've covered the four you know, big levers, if you will, within the cash conversion cycle. Are there any key things, key points that we want our listeners to take on board and ways to improve? So one of the ways, Evan, is what you said earlier, is how do you shorten a cycle? Mm -hmm. So there is potential for refining every process within everybody's businesses. While someone might think, I've got a great process, Mm -hmm. everything is working, Mm -hmm. there is always potential for refining. Totally, yep. So how do you shorten a cycle, perhaps? Okay. How do you maybe cut some steps? So... As you go through the process to see how you can shorten the cycle, one of the things that also comes up is certain repetitive 
tasks mm -hmm. that delay yeah, a yeah, cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you might find that two people are probably doing the same thing. Or maybe there's one person who's stuck and is the bottleneck. And that is the bottleneck. Yeah. So those are a couple of great ways to do it. And the third one is also to see how can you automate something to remove human error. Totally. So you're eliminating mistakes as you're well. You're eliminating mistakes mm. as well. Like you were talking about earlier, Evan, send the invoices in time or mm. maybe even bill ahead. So there's your subscription. So if you accept payments online, mm -hmm. people are actually paying you in advance. Or if it's not a subscription model that you run, when you use a system, an accounting system mm -hmm. or a cloud-based yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you use an accounting system, invoices now can be generated automatically. Totally, yeah. And be sent out mm -hmm. through that. And if it's a service, that's where we're talking about productizing your service because you know what it is every month. So you can build, yeah, totally. So, oh, hey, and as you are listening to this podcast, go through your own business and assess the cycles that exist over there. Audit them and see where can these cycles be shortened And how does cash flow or how and where does cash get stuck in your business? So to sum up, so the, the three or four, actually it's four key areas is to shorten cycles mm -hmm. as best you can. Mm -hmm. And that includes auditing what you're doing, removing mistakes, yeah. you know, improving processes, which includes you know, tweaking your business model, that sort of thing, mm -hmm. which then leads to internal profitability of product lines, oh, very nice. of labor efficiency, that kind of thing. So. All of those things will help produce more cash, but also get you to receive it quicker. Yes, very nicely summed up. And what's the point of all this, Evan? The point of this is cash is king. Cash is king. And remember, if your business is growing or you are on the path of scaling up, what will you need first? A plan, I'd like to think, but also cash. Oh, that's very well summed up, Evan. Because as a founder of a business, what is the one key thing to enable scaling your business? Always cash. Totally, you need cash in your bank account to be able to grow. And this con cash conversion cycle helps you go audit your own business in a way where you know where the cash is stuck, which can be released and made available for you to fund your business or your business growth. Totally. And the point here is to grow organically without getting unnecessary external funding sources so internally, cash is coming in, go, that velocity is increased, and you can grow organically and efficiently. And you know where all the levers are in your business, and you really can hit the ground running. So on that note, that's your cash conversion cycle. And remember, shortening and reducing where your cash gets stuck is the name of the game. Have a look at your business. Come back and tell us how you went. And we would love to hear from you. Totally, totally. Well, have a wonderful rest of the day. And we will catch you in our next show. See ya. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for joining us and listening right to the end. Head on over to daretoscale.fm to subscribe and access show notes and transcriptions. Oh, also, did you know that we have a Facebook page for our podcast listeners? Come join the conversations at daretoscale.fm slash Facebook. Absolutely. Oh, and also remember to give us a five-star review so other entrepreneurs can find this podcast like you and get value to scale forward their business. Fabulous. We will see you at our next show. Bye for now. Bye.